Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bob You're Drunk. We're a podcast and it's been a little bit, uh, but we're excited to be back. My name is Justin. I was a former pastor, former super evangelical, former degree holder, current debt holder. And uh, yeah, uh, not not a lot of those things anymore. And uh, just, yeah, I feel the need to talk and laugh about it. And I have a co-host. Yes. Hi, I'm Tori, also a former super evangelical. I like that we just come up with new terms for what we were every single week, basically. Keep it fresh. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was, yeah, I was all the way in, like former very weird homeschooled kid. I'm still a very weird homeschooled kid, but like it's not being forced on me, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've you've chosen the homeschool nice. life. Uh, I mean, yeah, at this point, just kind of embraced the, the like nerdiness of it. And it's just, it's funny. Cause like the more therapy I do and like the more research I do, the more I'm like, Oh, okay. Like my parents probably aren't neurotypical either. This is all <laughs> starting to make sense. <laughs> so yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, yeah. When, the further you get from it and the more work you do, the more you're like, Oh, Oh, this yeah, I'm weird for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I would have been weird. Not maybe right. a, I wouldn't have been as messed up, but I would have been right. this weird. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. And that no, can it was be important to me. That can be empowering, maybe sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I think sometimes it can be. It can be really empowering. I mean, I've always really liked just kind of being, <laughs> being myself, and like kind of not not caring about well you know things like 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 biblical womanhood ideas that have never resonated with me at any point in mm-hmm. my entire fucking life <laughs> yeah unfortunately biblical manhood did resonate with me quite strongly for a while yeah yeah that's also because biblical manhood was made for me true i'm a, I'm, that's a, true. I'm a white male from the suburbs like just looking for a battle to fight uh adventure to live uh, beauty to rescue oh my fucking god <laughs> that language is just really dehumanizing <laughs> yes it is <laughs> it's like hey you have no agency let no. me fix that by taking away more of your agency mm-hmm. yeah we don't objectify women they're a beauty to rescue right it's like we love women <laughs> we oh love to rescue you- women so like you love the, women as objects, yeah, from, not as people. We love to rescue them from men. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! I have so many, mm, Justin. I have so many feelings about this. I'm so angry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, come collect the dudes then. If men are the fucking problem, yes. It's like, no, we have to save the ladies because I, I think, and I think that it goes back to the, um, I think it goes back to like the good Negro shit also Mm -hmm. in that like as men we get to decide which women are and are not worthy of being rescued right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's not like a it's not like a blanket thing that everybody gets it's like we have to use our discretion to figure out who is and isn't worthy Mm -hmm. right so yeah and and those that aren't well then you know you got what you deserved 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. from from the other men out there. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's this it's weird bullshit. gospel logic too. Like, you know, Jesus is like, "Come into my heart." Well, why? Why so, to so to save you? Well, why do I need saved? You know, from the things I'm going to do to you if you don't let me into your heart. So that was a sidetrack, folks. We weren't planning on this. It just, but it has everything to do with what we were going to talk about anyway. It, frankly, it, it, you know, now that you say that, it does. So, um, so yeah, dude, men, men dude, men rescuing, quote unquote, massive air quotes. Yeah, rescuing um, well, women. You know, I mean, nah. yeah, I guess we can talk about John Elders a bit. Um, I'm just going to name the guy because we've been talking around it for a while, which actually just everyone will listen to the rest of this podcast. Definitely listen to the ads. But after that, go listen to Janice Legato's, uh podcast, Bad Words, because both Tori and I are on it, by the way, uh, where mm-hmm. she talks about Wild at Heart and all that mess. I don't know if you were, were you on a Wild at Heart chapter or a captivating chapter? Yeah, well, I don't remember. I was like, I, I couldn't, what was it? Was it captivating? I'm always like captivated. Cause I'm like captive. captive. That's just all that sticks in my head. Just uh, no, I was like, Lord. I cannot, I cannot fuck with this. Like I can't even <laughs> fuck with this lady book that this man wrote. Yeah, no, I did wild at heart as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, so definitely listen to all of our podcasts, but then listen to Janice's and because we because we, we talk about that this in more depth for sure. But mm-hmm. but this whole like this, like it's a bunch of, you know, typically white suburbanite dudes with disposable income that want to go out in the wilderness mm-hmm. and have adventures. And that's fine. But then, like, I feel like this next story we're going to talk about is like that taken to an extreme of like, we just got to go rescue things. Let's just mm-hmm. go rescue things. Like we're not going to do our own work internally. We're just going to go out no. and rescue people. Who needs rescue? Mm-hmm. Trafficked, who trafficked people rescued? need rescued. That's who needs rescued. I read an article one time about, and and I guess I guess as we get into this, a little bit of a content warning for. Oh um, yeah, maybe a maybe a huge content a warning. Big content warning. These dudes are yeah. fucking nasty. Yeah, for uh, sexual assault, human trafficking child trafficking all the things i mean all this, the things. This story will touch on all of it but some dudes were just like we gotta rescue shit but then they were deeply fucked up dudes and yeah that's uh what we're mm-hmm. gonna talk about mm-hmm. yeah indeed uh i mean we talked about this fucker a while ago because that movie sound of freedom came yes. out on this is- the fourth of july this is number one another, movie see, in America on a t- random Tuesday. Yeah, on a random Tuesday. Yeah, like, and I, I would be content to not talk about this movie ever again. But the hits just keep coming. They keep putting themselves into the news, right? Yes. yes. Uh, it's 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 not great. So one of the so uh, I don't I fucking don't even want to say his name. Tim Ballard is, I guess, the guy that like founded this bullshit, and. Anyway, Tim, since since the movie came out, and which I think we probably mentioned this in passing, like Tim has like left the organization because multiple women had complained that he was putting them in situations that they did not feel comfortable being in, including making them do weird things to prove to traffickers that they were married, even though they weren't, which mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, like, I do not understand. Yeah, I and, do not understand. And, and his organization, he is he is a white man. And his organization was called Operation Underground Railroad. So he has the self-reflection of a snail. A rock? Uh, Maybe a rock, actually. Snails are more (laughs) self-reflective. I think they might be. I'm sorry. For all the snails listening, I'm sorry. Yeah. Disrespect to snails, Justin. Jesus. Uh, Um, Yeah. No, he is... He he he's self-titled anti-slavery act anti-child slavery activist, which again, mm-hmm. like you parsing it out that way isn't real. That's not how slavery works. But yeah, so he he was apparently sexually harassing women on his overseas missions trips. Shocker. Uh, including pressuring them into showering with him for to prove again to the traffickers that they were married. Like are the traffickers watching you? What is happening? Like this makes no fucking, Mm -hmm. like his arguments make no fucking sense. Yeah. Ever. 
But yeah, so he's asking these women in the organization to like pretend to be his wife when they were on missions. There, he's also accused of sexually assaulting a child that he was rescuing, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very much like a with friends like these who needs enemies. And you know, again, claiming that like the traffickers were going to kill him if he didn't assault this child, and then laughing and joking about it. You know, ninety seconds after the fact. Yeah totally normal shit from a normal dude one of his supporters just went to jail for child pornography shocker one of his little mormon buddy supporters so yeah i think i think some hard drives need to be checked um yeah (laughs) he's also considering like i mean he's he is a terrible person but Mm -hmm. like he's also like considering a senate run at this point like he's I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's Yag. just like he's he he has some pull and some power, which is gross. Like mm-hmm. and and again, it's just like you he was deeply messed up. And then he just decided I'm going to just rescue children. Right. Um, which he doesn't do. And like which, law yeah. enforcement and government agencies have consistently said that this organization doesn't do anything to help. They just try to be there if a rescue happens so they can take some credit for it from everything I've read and listened to, like I've listened to like like some podcasts on it and been trying to like follow up and and read on it. They've never rescued anyone. They claimed to rescue like one person specifically who actually got herself out and then they just took credit for it. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, but yeah, this idea of like men need to rescue things because again, it's like it's not people. You don't consider the human beings that you're rescuing to be people if you're willing to sexually assault them. Yeah, like that's not a real thing. Yeah, but this really, this the way that the way that evangelicals like parse this fucking issue of like child trafficking specifically, right, or like sex trafficking specifically. But if you aren't a child and you aren't like being sex trafficked we are not interested in rescuing you Mm -hmm. again it's like all this stuff overlaps you know (laughs) for example like obviously people are trafficked for their labor which is not nearly as sexy as rescuing someone who's been sex trafficked which again like if that's what gets you off like walk off of a cliff and i'm not kidding like put a millstone around your fucking neck and leave this planet jesus Um, was clear like right the exactly bible, and this is one point <laughs> where i'll be like the bible was clear take it literally millstone around dispose, the neck dispose of yourself like, right truly right. like what the fuck even is that about oh like these guys and like they're just very weird desires yeah of like yeah hey, i've gotta i've gotta i've gotta rescue people but the thing is it's like there's no such thing as trafficking without sexual abuse there's no such thing as slavery without sexual abuse like it just that's not a thing so like it doesn't you don't have to parse it in these like weird ways of like oh we're just trying to say women and children who are being sex trafficked but not women and children who are being trafficked for their labor or whatever it's like it doesn't it doesn't work like that like you're just trying to but it's you know it's like white savior syndrome and yeah, there's, and there's not these like discrete categories of trafficker either. Like, no, like there's not like a guy that's like, hey, I traffic for labor. I don't do that sex stuff. Like, no, that's not how that like, like that is that has never I, been I the case in the history. Stance. Like, right, right. No. That's never been the case in the history of trafficking. I assure you, no. like I read about that shit a lot. There are no principled honor among thieves Traffic- traffickers. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. Um, so like, yeah, stop watching, you know, the blacklist or whatever and like get in reality. Yeah. And it, and it's, and again, like his, like his whole story about like, oh, I was held at gunpoint, you know, that's why I had to assault this, you know, 12 year old. Sorry. Like if you're in that situation, you just die. Like, right. That's an option. Mm-hmm. Like that's not something I'm going to do. And again, like I'm certainly not you going chose to, to be there. I'm certainly not going to joke about it later and then mm-hmm. kind of quasi deny it and then run for mm-hmm. Senate. Like, no, mm-hmm. fuck no. Like, no, like right. that's not, that's not something that a, a 
more morally rational human being does. So yeah, and it's 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 like the the I mean, yeah, I guess for the lack of a better term, the sexiness of being mm-hmm. someone who fights child sex trafficking, which is gross, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like that's an accurate, yeah, it's really gross, but that's what it is. And and I I ran into this in evangelical circles a lot, like you know it was you know I was a pastor in Indianapolis when the Super Bowl was in there, and then of course the mm. the not the not true rumors that like child sex trafficking follows the super bowl you know and so we're like we're gonna we're gonna work with organizations to to fight human trafficking here in our city because you know women are being trafficked for the super bowl and i was like is this happening is this you know like is is it happening you know it it wasn't but (laughs) but they raised money for it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Something that this the this Tim dude is really good at doing is raising a lot of money, and from the best anyone can tell, it mostly goes to him and his family, so they can like cosplay GI Joe in I don't know fucking Cambodia or some shit. Like I don't even know what they're doing, but yeah, I mean, I hope that I like he was he was gunning for he was gunning for old Mitten's Senate seat. But hopefully with like all of his all of his little minions falling, somebody will somebody will at some point like turn look into him. this man seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah, turn the lights on. Jesus. If he's if he's going to run, because it, it's kind of my perception is that he thinks he's pretty invincible at this point. You know, mm. it's like you've got a fucking movie made about you and you don't do jack shit. You just look like a cool guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, okay. what what yeah make it make sense so yeah hopefully he goes to jail for a while Mm -hmm. i'll be nice i don't don't say that about a lot of people i'm no i'm generally an abolitionist generally i abolitionist asterisk except for tim ballard i mean like (laughs) abolitionist and tim ballard can get out last Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like we can close all the prisons. Tim Ballard has to wait his turn. Yeah. He's at the very end of the line. Very, very end of the abolition yes. movement. I'm fine with that. He's at the bottom yeah. of the list. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We have priorities, people. Yeah. Unlike this Tim dude who just bleh, again, like just you should, you should, you should follow Jesus out into the fucking ocean, man. Mm-hmm. And just do it. Yeah. Do it for the children, Tim. We know that's all you fucking care about. Mm-hmm. No. Gross. <laughs> so fucking gross. Yeah. Blech. So and and again, like it's it's the story. It, it's it's the evangelical culture being primed for this whole like beauty to rescue thing, and mm-hmm. being absolutely uncritical of people who come into their churches and are like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm rescuing things. You should give me Mm -hmm. money creates this scenario because I mean, this guy's a grifter. If anyone at the very beginning would have taken any amount of a critical look at what he was doing, Mm -hmm. he would not have money. He would not have power. He would just be some weirdo in a basement somewhere. I'm jerking mm-hmm. off. I don't know whatever he, whatever he would be doing safely right. alone without any resources. <laughs> right. um, but here we are, and that's it's, no. It's and I think that that uncritical that uncritical view that evangelicals have is like pretty consistent across the board. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if somebody says like, "Hey, I'm on your team," they're like, "Sweet, we don't have to do any vetting." You said you're you said you're a Christian. You ask Jesus into your heart. Mm-hmm. this is this is that's good you're on the right team and then it's like we'll just cover for you if you fuck up okay yeah guys which i mean it's what's led us to the political situation we're in which is another podcast episode altogether absolutely but it's, yep it's not hard to connect those dots Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no it's bad yeah so i'm gonna take a break and maybe a shower and <laughs> truly <laughs> come back a little later come back later uh, after um, we've little capitalism break on our brains and uh yeah we'll uh we're gonna talk about spiritual warfare which is also very similar to this topic mm-hmm. 
cosplaying. It's just as real too. It's just it's just as real. Mm-hmm. It's just as real as oh, saving children from sex trafficking. Yep. All right. Stop. We'll be back. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. All right. Thanks, everybody, for taking a little capitalism slash shower break with us. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a turn into the spiritual here in a moment, but we want to take a moment to thank a patron, a new patron, a deacon in our ever-growing Second Church of the Drunken Bible. Uh, we want to thank Melissa uh, so much for her generous contribution. She is now a deacon uh, and can join our Discord server as well as uh, get some other benefits uh, over time. Uh, so thanks so much, Melissa, and for all of our patrons out there uh, who are contributing financially. Uh, it's very helpful uh, for sure. It's keeps the lights on, helps with recording costs and everything. And so, yeah, where's uh, this wouldn't happen without you. So thank you. And also for everybody else who's shared the podcast, uh, listens regularly. It's um, this has been a wild ride. This is, I don't even know what episode this is a hundred and some odd, uh, which is a, a rarity amongst podcasts. So um, true. You know, so true. I think it's something like 90% of podcasts are like three episodes and that's it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. So, yeah, for us to make it this long and have a, a just a group of people that um, is just really cool. So thank you. Um, yes, indeed. So I'm I'm I don't know here. Here's what I'm thinking, Tori, for a drinking game. Okay. I'm just going to say if you really if you ever cast out a demon I had to learn how to cast out demons, like the special words or anything, or if there was some tongues situation involved. I'm just going to give you permission to drink throughout the episode. Because <laughs> that shit messed me up. So I don't know if it's a drinking game per se. It's just more of a find a safe place and chill as we discuss this. And just go nuts would be mm-hmm. my is that's the game we're playing because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the more i think about spiritual warfare the more i'm like this this there's so many levels at which this messed me up Hmm. yeah so that's what i'm thinking uh-huh yeah it's it's true it definitely it definitely did it messed me up for a very long time as well mm-hmm. uh Definitely caused more than more than a couple panic attacks. Yeah, <laughs> which you had an easy answer for. Well, that must have been a satanic attack. It's not a panic attack. Right. It's a satanic right. attack. You just got to pray. Um, I had um, uh, what was it? Sleep paralysis. Um, as oh, a kid. Oh fuck. You know, yeah. and and a, a little bit as a young adult as well. Which for those of you that don't know, sleep paralysis is a thing where it's typically when you're sleeping on your back, but it can happen other times too. Mm-hmm. Where basically you your consciousness wakes up, but the your body does not. Um, that's the quickest way to or easiest way to explain it. Right. That you're consciously awake, but the part that basically your nervous system kind of you know, is like, hey, this person's dreaming, so we're not going to flail around um, right. while you're sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that part's still active while you're conscious, and so you cannot move, but you're awake. Right. And there's not really a good answer to this, but it's it's really more like your brain creates a little story as to why mm-hmm. you can't move. And a mm-hmm. lot of times it involves being held down by some awful creature, um, which... Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about the fact that a lot of people's sleep paralysis demon looks the same. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. it, it, it's for the most part, you just kind of scream enough and it goes away. 
Um, but you can't scream oh, no. because you, you, it's just, it sounds like, yeah. Cause you can't move. Like, so it sounds like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. you can't, you can't move. Yeah. You can't breathe consciously. So it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a whole, it's a whole. Thing. So it's a terrifying experience. It, uh-huh. Just, you know, but it's also a pretty well-documented experience. So, but, but that was definitely like, well, demons are holding me down, you know? And, and I, I had, I had, you know, panic and nerve episodes and things where, you know, I would feel mm. things or presidences and stuff. And I would, I would kind of chalk it up to demons. And, 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 for, and I guess here's the thing, like if, if, if believing that angels and demons were in a war that surrounded you, that kind of you brushed up against occasionally and could occasionally influence, if that was a psychologically helpful narrative to live in, I don't think I would have a problem with people believing that Hmm. personally. I mean, we we all believe things that aren't measurable or objectively true that, you know, I mean, I tell myself I love my job every morning. Like whether I do or not, and that makes going there better and easier for me. It is a fiction yes. I create that makes it better and easier to go. Um, mm-hmm. And I get more done and they like me there. And then by the end of the day, I somewhat like them. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we all create these little fictional narratives that help us cope with life. This one, though, like, I feel like it makes the problems worse. <laughs> Because it doesn't mm-hmm. actually fix any of them. It just pushes them off onto an angel or a demon. Like I mm-hmm. I may have shared I remember this on the, the moment before. when I stopped. I wrote an article about this. Like, mm-hmm. like I was feeling anxious. It was the morning time. I was, you know, I don't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2018, 2019. I don't know. Maybe it was earlier. I can't remember. Somewhere in that era. I was just feeling anxious. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Is this, you know, angel devil? I, you know, just like, that's like the, where my brain went. It's like, uh-huh. I just drank a whole fucking pot of coffee. That's why. Like it just, it, like it dawned on me. Like I was like, this is dumb. Like, it, it, I mean, I was on my way out from that belief anyway, but it was like, it was that moment. Right. I was like, this, this is not, it is more helpful for me to not believe this and to mm-hmm. root out whatever the actual causes are to my mm-hmm. anxious feelings or whatever, than it is for me to believe that some outside force that I have to pray and I have to pray the specific prayer for it to go away or um, it doesn't work or it doesn't work, you know, like, Oh, I didn't pray in Jesus name out loud. So therefore the demon couldn't hear it or it didn't work. Yeah. So I, I gave that shit up and lo and behold, uh, my life is better and I'm less stressed about that shit. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's that's real. Ugh. I mean, I don't even like I don't love even kind of reflect I don't love even reflecting on <laughs> my <laughs> my spiritual warfare experiences. Like cuz yeah, it was it was pretty traumatic and um I think it was also what made me very sort of conscious from an early age of the fact that I'm like I'm not doing this to my kids. Like Hmm. I'm not giving them these horrifying narratives that are literal, like literal nightmare fuel as like tiny humans. Like that's bullshit. I believe thinking back on like the timeline, like where we were living at the time, I think I was probably four or five when, (laughs) when my mom told me that like sometimes she would see demons at night in her room, just like standing at the foot of her bed, which again, sleep paralysis is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just a situation in which like your brain like knocks off, like you have a very specific spiral of, of chemicals that your brain has to release for you to wake up just like, and it's kind of the reverse of that when you're falling asleep. It's very, very simple. And sometimes they get kicked off in the wrong order. Like it's, it happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a meat computer. Like, what are you going to do? So sleep on your side. I I found that works for me. Uh, Sleeping on my side is the most effective spiritual warfare thing. More effective than praying. Yeah, truly. Yeah. So basically I spent like every single night terrified from like five to, I don't know, 25 literally like fucking terrified um, that I was going to be attacked by demons because I was a Christian. And the thing that kind of got me out of that specific 
headspace was I was like, wait a second. Okay. The reason I know that the reason I'm not afraid to fly is because I know statistically I'm safer on an airplane in the sky than I am driving my car. And I'm not worried about driving my car. Right. So I'm like thinking back and I'm like, how many times have I seen a demon like at night, just hanging out by my bed? Like, Close to zero. I'm going to say close to zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can like extrapolate this out, you know, I'm hope like maybe the next 25 years of my life, I also will not see a demon when I wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know. But yeah, I was just kind of like, I'm going to do the math on this because this is not, this isn't really working out for me. Um, but yeah, it's really weird to be like in your mid 20s and still like terrified of yeah. the dark. Like not, I don't think that's normal. Like, I don't think that's normal or healthy, but yeah, we were a very, we were a very big, like fighting demons and devils family. (laughs) And like, yeah, like, like, like you said at the beginning, like praying and praying in tongues and like, whatever, like Bill Clinton getting elected was like a spiritual attack because, you know, like Satan was trying to like secularize america and you know it was like same thing prayer got taken out of schools this was like a direct attack from the enemy and but but it was everything it was like the huge things and it was like you said it's like oh you're having a panic attack like no you're not that's just the devil like just go read the bible and you'll be fine right so, but yeah, like this is like, this is like a daily thing in my life, which I know for a lot of people, it wasn't like we were we were like the quacks of Christianity when I was growing up. And I, the reason I wanted to talk about this today was because this is becoming more and more normal and it is fucking horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's legitimately like, it's not, it's messed up. And like you said, Justin, it's really fucking harmful. And like, we're seeing it much more broadly in, in, in culture. And it's got taking up a much bigger section of, of evangelicalism. Specifically, I mean, I know that evangelicals are not the only people that are like charismatic or whatever, but it's it's definitely like taken hold there in a way that I didn't think it was ever going to mm-hmm. growing up, you know, because like I could see that, like we're we're weirdos, um, like among the Christians, we were considered the weirdos, right? And so, like I, I mean, I've talked about this a million times on here before, but like we went to these like little kind of house church situations, and you know, everybody was like end of the world buy a bunch of like pork and beans and store it in your basin, (laughs) you know, like, like prepper type situations. Mm -hmm. And that was, yeah, that was kind of like my entire, my entire childhood was just like, everything was the devil and there was a demon behind every rock. And that is very anxiety inducing, right? Cause it puts Mm -hmm. your nervous system into like fight or flight constantly Mm -hmm. Which then makes everything more scary. You were then more sensitive. <laughs> you were yes. more likely to experience panic and anxiety because your nervous system is already like it's just primed for that constantly, right? Like your baseline is already anxious. I don't I don't know if that has anything to do with like why, you know, I have anxiety now, but it didn't help. I know it didn't mm-hmm. help, but like yes. I can't like blame I can't specifically blame like, oh, I wouldn't have anxiety if it weren't for like all this spiritual warfare bullshit that I was taught, but definitely made things worse, I would say. Um, And at the very least, didn't help me at all, like held me back. (laughs) Yeah. I do want to like actually pause for a second because I I feel like that's a really good way of framing that, Tori, where you're like, I'm not blaming that you had spiritual warfare or whatever, like, Oh, I have anxiety because my parents did this, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I probably would have had it, but they didn't help. Right. And they made it worse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think there are a lot of maybe us neurodivergent folks that maybe should take a little more nuanced view of our upbringing. Cause it's very easy to be like, I was raised in conservative evangelicalism. This is why I'm fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, well, yeah, it's part of it for sure. But there are a lot of things maybe you would have had anyway. You just right. didn't have the tools. And that's still a, a tragedy of its own. I'm not, I don't want, it's not even taking it away, taking it away from anybody. It's just more of a, like, I feel like that's a very healthy way to frame it that actually mm-hmm. gives you a little more agency today. Right. And yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I latched onto it, you know, and, and I, I think actually it, um, I latched onto like the spiritual warfare stuff, you know, as a teenager and as in my twenties mm. a lot. Um, cause, okay. cause it, it is, you know, again, when you're get when you're, especially as someone who's, you know, socialized male and, and still very much identifies that way. Like, I mean, actually there's a lot to be said about the way we celebrate war in this country. And then it's like, Oh, you can go to war for Jesus, you know, like, and you can go on these prayer walks and you can, you know, sense the devil and pray against him and I don't know, chase him around or whatever, you know, I don't know, whatever. So, and and there's a certain amount of magic and delusions of Mm -hmm. grandeur that, that is, you know, harmless, in, like it's capital it's like lowercase h harmless you know um mm. but it, it it's it's harmful to you personally i think but it it's also one of those things that's like if it works like you don't get any like like a lot of things in in these conservative spaces if it works you don't get any credit god gets the credit right. but if it doesn't work right. well it's because you did it's something your wrong fault. you mm-hmm. know you did something wrong you didn't pray it right you didn't, you know, invoke the name of Jesus, right? You have sin in your life. Yeah. What's like, the, yeah, yeah. What's the sin in your life? And <laughs> it's, and that's where it's like, it just becomes this self-defeating thing that you, you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that, you know, maybe, you know, kind of piggybacking on what you were saying about having more, maybe more of a nuanced view can be helpful for some folks um, and like reframing how we view our past and like giving ourselves more, more agency. Like that's mm-hmm. absolutely something that I've been working on a lot in therapy lately. But um, <laughs> I think that, I think that the thing about like neurodiverse people is like, it's probably going to be neurodiverse anyway, you know, but mm-hmm. a lot, cause first of all, this, most of this shit is genetic. <laughs> like, like more than half of it is genetic. So again, like think about your parents, use that lens, see if maybe, maybe some things make sense. Don't diagnose anybody that's fucked up. <laughs> but I think that, um, the thing that's really interesting, uh, and, and again, like this is part of the reason that I wanted to say this is cause I keep, I'm sure you've been seeing this. I keep saying this, that there are like, there, there are these pastors now who have decided that autism is a demon. And, um, oh, I think that, yeah. And so like these little children are having their whole congregation, like lay hands on them and like try to pray their autism away. And it's so incredibly fucked up and harmful. And like, yeah, it, that's, that's like the epitome of spiritual abuse to say that because your brain works differently, you have a fucking demon. Like that's going to scare a little kid into thinking they're going to hell. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck is wrong with you people? Like that shit is going to traumatize a child. And these pastors just like get online and say whatever the fuck they want to say because they want attention and they want clicks. And like as somebody who has two autistic kids, I'm like, I will light you on fire. Like do not do this to my children. The Bible was clear. (laughs) The the Bible clearly says. Find ye a millstone, good sir. (laughs) Like um, not fucking okay but then it's like there's this whole ecosystem around that because like parents are now hearing this and going like oh i don't need to take my kid in to get them screened or tested i don't need to provide additional support i just need to pray the Mm -hmm. autism demon away and it's just like oh and and i would i would argue that like for autistic kids not all but i would you know having like having worked in a neuroscience lab and study and like that was actually doing research on on kids with autism and ADHD i i would my my guess would be i'd say like my informed guess not necessarily the truth that's probably more harmful <laughs> for autistic kids to do that mm-hmm. shit to them because yes neurotypical kids have a better have or a lot it's a lot easier for them to kind of step back and go like okay what like what the fuck are you doing like this doesn't this doesn't really track with like everything else that i'm seeing right and i think that when you were when you're weaponizing something like autism and making it like a spiritual attack you're internalizing all of this garbage and again you're you're going to think that you're going to hell unless you mask your symptoms basically mm-hmm. and some people can't do that and pretty much no one can do that forever 
So yeah, I'm just I'm like really kind of riled up about this right now, and I'm like I really yeah. wish that I really wish that again. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, uh, that's I'm so like I'm up. gonna I'm just gonna start casting pastors out into the pigs. Like what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's not a bunch it's of not pigs okay. and just throw some pastors into the pigs. Uh-huh. Like again, like yeah. God be with you because I'm certainly not like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that and then it's like there's all of this work that then has to be done in adulthood around like, you know, and the shame I spent my whole childhood. Yes, yes. exactly. I spent my whole childhood thinking I was demon possessed and I was going to go to hell. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And for what? Like, like and again, like, mm-hmm. how, like the whole like and again, from what I understand about autism and the the like driving to want to understand causes and mm-hmm. like it's just like that fuck that's like a terrible that's yeah and I, I that's a very overt thing which mm-hmm. is again terrible but i think all of us that were neuro neurodivergent suffered for under that in more covert ways mm-hmm. just in the sense Absolutely. of like you know like self-discipline being a thing like you know i thought there were demons that were distracting me all the time you know yeah. Or just mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, the fact that, you know, folks with ADHD are more impulsive. So like, mm-hmm. so like my inability to regulate and, you know, like wanting to look at porn or whatever. It's just like, you know, all of these things are like, this is a demon. This is, this is, or this right. is a flaw in me. Or is there a demon in me? You know, right. like, I don't think I ever uh-huh. thought I was possessed, but it, it, there was that question of like, can I be possessed? Like if I jerk right. off too much, does a demon like, like what? Right. Like, how does this happen? Like, and just like, yeah, the fact that you're like constantly asking these weird questions all (laughs) the time and worried, like genuinely worried about it is unhelpful. When if someone could have sat me down at goddamn 10 years old and just Mm -hmm. been like, there is nothing wrong with you. Your brain is just built a little bit differently. And it's going to help you a fuck ton in some areas. And it's going to put you in a bad situation in other areas. And here are some tools to help you. And, and Mm -hmm. again, like my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. This is, but this isn't me even blaming my parents for not giving me that. It's just like the environment that I was in. Just that answer was not the first one on people's minds. The one on people's minds was like, well, if we just get them praying enough, if we get them enough willpower, if we get Mm -hmm. them in enough accountability groups or whatever. And even I thought that like I I'm out of control. So I need more accountability, which creates more shame, more hiding and masking, more just me like not being able to feel like I can be my authentic self. I mean, and that's. Mm -hmm. And that's again, I don't think that's any one person's fault. It's just this weird fucked up system of like spiritual warfare where it's like everything, not even ever, even if just some things are angels and demons, that's a problem. Right. You know, it doesn't uh, even have to be everything. Just if like one of the possible answers of something bad happening to you is a demon did it like that, that creates a I don't know, thought structure meme in your brain that just it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, I don't think that is, that is ultimately should be discarded because I don't know that it's more helpful than it is beneficial or more helpful than it is harmful. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, I think that's very true. And I think that like, you know, I, I do also want to say like, kind of, I feel personally and, and, you know, there's, there's always more work to do. But I feel like I have a better sort of grasp on like what the work looks like, right? Because it's like when you were when you're working on yourself, when you're working on like recovering from spiritual abuse or trauma or what have you, it's like this whole process. And it's like, okay, I can stay where I am and like be in in pain, like continue suffering, or I can be in pain and like start working towards healing which is it's a different kind of pain so it's a different kind of discomfort and it's a different kind of dysregulation but at least I'm like moving the needle right mm-hmm. and so you know as someone who has like who's not recently out of this who's you know I kind of was I'm I'm like the more I think about it I'm like I was kind of like low key deconstructing the whole time yeah <laughs> it just took me like it took me a fucking long time to get out 
but yeah, I, I think that it is, it's, it's also good to know that like, even if you are feeling like overwhelmed or traumatized or triggered or what have you, that it's like, you're not actually broken. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I, that was something that we were just not fucking told ever growing up. And like, so yeah, just want to remind anybody who's listening, like, you're not fucking broken mm-hmm. and you can get to a better place. Like there's always like, as long as you're like drawing breath, there's always going to be hope for you to like get to a better place. And like, yeah, it's hard and it's shitty and you shouldn't have to do this. And like, n- no, no kid deserves this shit. Like no. that is, it's, <laughs> it's of the devil. If I believed in the devil, right. Cause this is just like, peak spiritual abuse that again has like these trickle down effects on your nervous system on your brain development like it's it has an impact but also you have agency and you have the ability to you know develop skills and like add tools that can help you regulate for like longer periods of time that can like build some margin into your nervous system so that you're not set off so easily yeah so just want to remind everybody of that too because i'm like i know i got really (laughs) got really mad about the pastors who need to be in the ocean but yeah i i also want to say that like it's not you're not a lost cause you are not broken Mm -hmm. like you need some maintenance right like your car can't go forever without an oil change right you've got to get new tire. like you need some maintenance that doesn't mean you have no value doesn't mean you can't go anywhere right so yeah yeah. And it, it's, it, it's become just one of those things where it's like, I, I yeah, I, it was when we were approaching this topic, I was like, Oh, we can tell silly stories about times we tried to cast out demons or whatever. But it's like, right. no, like this, but like, I mean, and, and those are funny, like, or yeah. just weird, like little times like, Oh, I thought God said, you know, told me to go talk to this person. And, and I guess not. <laughs> but it's, but at the same time, it's like, there is just something deeper in there that like, uh, is just messed up that mm-hmm. I yeah. and again like it's it's through therapy and time and and honestly it, it's interesting I got rid of the devil relatively quickly like it would, it would just you know I mean there were just moments where it was like it would come up and then I'd be like mm, no but then but I also I, I there but there was also kind of a there was a weird kind of grief or loss in that too where it's like well kind of the magic is dying for me and I think like kind of say that deconstruction like the first 90 percent can happen really fast <laughs> but it's that last kind of 10 percent that's a little bit deeper and a little more under the surface or maybe just a little more like oh you know if i if i give this up then there's a lot of uh, magic or mystery or nobility or just like this this great battle i'm caught up in has to go away and it's like yeah but there's also on the other side of that there's to me at least or at least i have found there's a lot actually a lot more hope a lot more mystery a lot more stakes when you're fighting actual battles for actual people and i shouldn't say actual battles i um because I'm really, I'm not a pacifist, but I don't want to actually fight a war. But when you're fighting on behalf of people, you know, for for housing or for equality or whatever, like those things to me are a lot more enriching than just like seeing a homeless person and being like, I'm going to pray for them. They're obviously struggling with demons. Like, well, there there's a way. I, I I know the secret to casting the demons out of a homeless person, and it's mm. finding them a house. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yep. I actually, we actually have the secret sauce. We have the spiritual formula. There's a lot of research into how people get better and we, I don't have to like blame it on the devil. I don't know. I hope that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a way it's, it's like a get out of doing the work card, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, all you can do is pray. Nothing else will work. And it's like, so you're saying all I can do is nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Thanks. That's, that's wonderful. But yeah, I mean, it is, it really is like a, oh, well, I don't, I don't have to do anything. You know, I'm praying. That's all I can do. That's all you can do. You don't actually need help. Mm. Yeah. And and you're not just someone who prays. You're a prayer warrior. Mm. You know? Uh Uh-huh. But again, it's like, it's all this like war bullshit that is, I, I think, probably part of the reason why, you know, it's if you see yourself as a warrior again it's like 
everything how does that saying go if you see yourself as a warrior everything looks like a nail yeah (laughs) (laughs) um right if you if you see yourself as having one tool and one tool only that is the that is the correct tool for every problem yeah so yeah and and i think because it's a get out of doing the work free card like kind of we're kind of coming full circle here with like the uncriticalness of Mm -hmm. evangelicalism and it's becoming less critical because it's like well this is god's man for the job or for our to be our president or whatever and Mm -hmm. you know god's ways aren't our ways and so maybe he looks a little bit different but that other guy that's satan in disguise mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean this is like some lizard people nonsense that like that it's mm-hmm. beginning to truly fall into and again like these are starting to become much more mainstream I, I i think i haven't been keeping up in the politics in you know other states as much i've got just yeah i've got other things to focus on but i, I think colorado now has an openly queer governor maybe I, I, think. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. But there was mm-hmm. like there was there were clips of pastors of like very large churches. This is, I mean, this used to be like some dude in the basement preaching to 12 people. Now mm-hmm. it's like a dude preaching to a congregation of like thousands of folks being like, this governor is satanic, the, you know, and, and saying like, this is a satanic assault on us. This person is evil. This person is possessed. And it's, I feel like the traction there. And again, I don't have to think because that person no longer is human. That person is a devil, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's the part to me that becomes more scary. And I think that's why I think we need to be more vocal that this was a harmful ideology for us Mm -hmm. and that this and that, and that what actually helps is not to, to demonize folks, but to humanize them and to help, you know, like that's, that's what actually, when we can see each other, we can actually do work. And even moving away from war metaphors to being like, I'm not fighting a battle. I'm doing the work. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a much more helpful and ultimately beneficial to everybody. Metaphor to use. Yeah, I completely agree. So anything else? I don't think so. I like where we landed this ship. Yeah. I feel like we got a little ranty and I like that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks everybody. I, and and I hope that you find a little bit of peace, solace, solidarity in mm-hmm. in this whole thing, and that uh, that you find the energy to do the work, whatever yep. that looks like for you today. And maybe that looks like just continuing to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just sorry, we encouraged you to do that. Or if it looks like getting a little more sober, or if it looks like you know getting therapy, or just chilling, or just taking mm-hmm. a deep breath and being like, this wasn't my fault. I think those are important pieces. So have a good week and uh, we'll see you next time. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.